0: We're in Luke chapter 11 again this morning, but God is so wonderful that he allows us to come to him and make requests. The the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 10 are out preaching the gospel. In fact, he sends out 70 of them. He sends them out two by two to tell people how they can know about him. They cast out demons. They do miraculous works. They preach the gospel of the kingdom. Great things are happening. They come back and I'm telling you, when you see God move, you're never satisfied. You want to see God do other things. You want to see God continue to work and they had seen the moving of God, they had seen the power of God, they come back, they, a couple of events take place, but now they come and they see Jesus praying in a certain place and they want to know how to pray. They want the power of God in their life forever. They want to see God continue to work in their life. So they come to Jesus, as your pastor said earlier, they come to Jesus and they ask the question, or they, they say to the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples, and so in verse 2 of Luke chapter 11, he, he begins. He says, he said unto them, when you pray, say, and we talked about the importance of speaking out loud when you pray. When you come to him, you pray out loud. Somebody said, hey, well, can't you pray silently? Yes, you can. Uh, and you can be by yourself alone, and, and or you can in a room. It, sometimes people will come up and ask me questions and start confronting me about things. Immediately in my mind, I'm saying, Lord, give me wisdom, because I don't know what I'm going to say to this crazy person uh, that's standing in front of me. And so I'm praying quietly. I don't say that out loud. God help me with this crazy person. Um, I I just think it, and and I'm praying it to him. So he hears those thoughts. Uh, When I go to bed at night, uh, uh, the last thing I do normally before I go to bed at night is I put my hand on my wife's back, and I, and I, I pray out loud for all of our children. But then what I do is I fall asleep praying. I, I, I pray out loud with my wife, and then I, I hug my pillow, and I, I, I just start praying to the Lord, just talking to the Lord. I, 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 and I fall asleep asking him for things. You say, doesn't that, that, wouldn't that offend God? No, that won't offend God. If you fall asleep praying silently, he won't get offended. Uh, I have 19 grandchildren. And I know, again, as you're looking at me, you're saying, how can a young man, that young, have 19 grandchildren? Well, I have 19 grandchildren, and I've rocked every one of them to sleep. And I've held them, and as I'm holding them, they'll say, oh, wow!" Well, uh, and they'll, 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 hold, they'll touch my face, and they'll do this, and, and I'll talk to them, and I'll be talking to them. And you know what? As I'm talking to them, or as I'm singing it to them, and I'm rocking them to sleep, they fall asleep. And you know what I do? I say, how dare you fall asleep when I'm rocking you? I'm t- I was talking to you. Pay attention. He would, God, I, I don't do that, and God doesn't do that. He loves it when you fall asleep in his arms. So Jesus, but Jesus wants us to have that time of prayer, and he wants us to speak out loud. He wants us to talk to him out loud. So he says, pray, when you pray, say, and listen to these first words. This is what I'm supposed to pray. Who am I supposed to pray to? The Bible says, he he said, pray our Father. Very significant. He says to pray, a couple of things I want you to see here. He says, pray our Father. You see, he's not just your Father, and he's not just my Father. When you got saved, you were born into a family. And there's a lot of us on this planet. Uh, they estimate there's like 3.2 billion people who claim the name of Jesus. Now, they don't all agree with us, and, they're, and, and, and I don't know who's actually saved. But I want you to know, uh, we are a big part of this planet, and we've been invading it. Somebody said, do you believe in invaders from outer space? Yes, we are that. Uh, we are the aliens, and we are here to tell this world about another world. So, but when you got saved, you were born again into the family of God. And there's a bunch of us, and we're all different. And we, there's a bunch of our brothers and sisters that are strange ducks. You understand that? You may be the strange duck. Uh, The fact of the matter is we're, we're all, but we're all part of this family. He's our father. And he wants us when we come to pray As individuals, he wants us to remember that we're not just praying. I'm not just praying for me. He wants us to pray for everyone collectively. He is our father. He's our father. Uh, Let me say this also. The word father is very significant here. He doesn't say, come, go to him and pray, dear God. Now, he understands if you pray, dear God. But Jesus specifically said, when you pray, pray our father. You know, I'm a pastor of a church. Do you know that I'm the president of a corporation? Uh, I I am. And and, uh, uh, I am also a doctor. Uh, Somebody gave me a doctor. I didn't have to work for it. Uh, They just gave me a doctorate. So I'm a doctor. I'm a pastor. And I'm a president. You know what? When my children come to me, I don't want them to say, Dr. Tice, pastor, pastor. I don't want them to do that. When my children come, I love it when they say daddy. My girls, when they say daddy, I know I'm, I'm going to lose some money here. But I love it when they come. It's an it's a, 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 a expression of affection when they say, my, my children call me all sorts of things. poo They I don't like that one. Uh, they'll call me Poopa. They'll call me. Uh, uh, they'll call me Peepaw. They'll call. They'll. Uh, 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 I have one. Luke comes up and calls me. Hey, Grandpapa. My my son, when Matthew, if I call him on the phone, he says, Hey, Pops. Those are all terms of affection that refer to me as their father and their grandfather, and I love those expressions. And when they come to me, I don't want them calling me Dr. Tice. I don't want them calling me Pastor. I don't want them calling me, uh, oh, Sir President. I want them to come to me and express themselves in that term of affection. I want them to call me Father or Dad or Daddy or, or, or whatever. I want that. And so Jesus said, when you come to him, come to our Father. Now, I was, I was on my, uh, I, we had some guests in our house uh, one weekend, and I couldn't go to my normal place of prayer. And so I, out in my garage, I have, a, uh, I have a treadmill. I use that treadmill every single day every single day. I hang clothes on it. I pile books on it. I use it all the time. Well, I was right out next to my treadmill. I was, um, and I had a piece of carpet down there and I was, I was kneeling and I was praying. And I said, I said, I was talking to the Lord. I was just saying, Lord, Lord, I, I, I was just, I was talking to him and I, and I said, Our Father. And I said, Father, I don't understand. I don't understand how you can be God the Father And your God, the Son, Jesus said that, Jesus, you said when, when the disciples came to you, they, they asked you, show us the Father. And you said that uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father and you and the Father were one. And so Jesus, I don't understand how you can be the Father and Father, you can be the Son and, and, and the Holy Spirit. I don't understand the whole Trinity thing. I I believe it. I believe it with my whole heart, but I just want you to know, I, I don't know sometimes exactly uh, how all that works. I was just talking to the Lord, and, uh, and this thought came to my mind. The thought came to my mind, uh, who said, pray our Father? And I thought, well, Jesus said, pray our Father. And I said, and, and, the, and then the thought came to my mind again, who? And, the, and I said, well, I said it out loud. I said, Lord, you, you said, Jesus, you said, pray our Father. And the thought came to my mind again, who? And I thought, What Jesus said, Jesus, you said, pray, our Father, and then it hit me. When I go, Jesus said, when you go and you talk to the Father, remember, he's our Father. I'm going with you as the son, the older brother. When I go to the Father, I'm going with Jesus. And I didn't even care about the Trinity anymore. I just thought, this is so amazing. I get to go with Jesus to our Father. And you know, our Father hears our big brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. I get to go to our Father. Jesus said, here's who you're praying to. Remember when you pray, pray our Father. Father. Then he said this, he said, which art in heaven. He said, pray our Father, which art in heaven, which which is to remind us that the Father is in heaven, which means he's in control of everything, he's seeing everything. But it also indicates he's in heaven. If something's going to go on in the kingdom here on this earth, the Father isn't going to do it personally. Because he's in heaven and you and I are on earth. So he says, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven. Then he says, begin to pray. Here's the prayer list. Here's the prayer list. He said, pray, hallowed be thy name. That means, Lord, let your holy name be manifest. Let it be manifest through my life. Let your holy name, but it's not just a personal This is me personally praying. He doesn't say pray to just about me. I'm praying for us. So I am here coming to you, our Father, who art in heaven. I'm asking you to let your holy name be manifest through our lives. Let your holy name be made manifest through every member of Liberty Baptist Church. Father, let your holy name be manifest through all my brothers and sisters on this earth. Let people see your holiness through our lives. That's the first request. If you're going to come to the Father, come to the Father, recognizing he's our Father, and ask him, let your holy name be manifest through us. Then he said, pray, let your kingdom come through us. Let your kingdom come. And that's not just, that's not a request. And, and I think it's wonderful if we pray, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And we go to the Father and say, Lord, Father, send the Lord Jesus to establish his kingdom. Send him to like today to Jerusalem. He could take care of the whole problem. Can you say amen to that uh, right now? It'll take care of the whole thing. But, but here's the deal. You need to understand when the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, they said uh, when will the kingdom of heaven appear? Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. When you got saved. This is an amazing thing. When you got saved, this is what happened. You you had a body and a soul and your spirit was dead. You were separated from God. But but you called on Jesus, Jesus the God-man, who connected you to God the Father. And you said, Jesus, I'm a sinner, I deserve to go to hell, you are God, you died for me and you paid for my sin, and you were buried and rose from the dead for me, and I'm asking you to give me eternal life. When you prayed to Jesus, the Son, the Son said to the Father, Father, he's just asked for, for, he's just asked for, to to be saved. Would you send the Holy Spirit that I gave you at the cross? Would you send the Holy Spirit down into that person's life? Now listen, when, you, when, when, when Jesus said that to the Father, the Father sent the Holy Spirit down to, to come into your life. And what happened was you were dead spiritually. When you were born the first time with a body and a soul, but your spirit was dead. When you asked Jesus to give you eternal life, he said to the Father, send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent. And the Holy Spirit came and your dead spirit, according to Ephesians chapter two and verse one, was made alive by the Holy Spirit of God. It gave him life. And then the Holy Spirit, according to John chapter 16, came to live inside of you. And he gave you eternal life because he is eternal life. And Jesus said, when he comes, I'll come with him in John chapter 16. And when Jesus comes, he brings the father with him. When you got saved, the kingdom of God came to live inside of you. You are a child of God, and you're a member of his kingdom. He lives inside of you and me. And when Jesus said, pray, let let your holy name be manifest, and then let your kingdom come, he was saying, let your kingdom be manifest through your children. God, help us to realize who we are, and may we manifest your kingdom on this planet, here IN THIS EARTH, JUST LIKE IT'S DONE IN heaven, that's what, we're, THAT'S WHAT WE'RE PRAYING. EVERY DAY WE GO BEFORE GOD AND WE SAY, OUR FATHER, I'M PRAYING THAT YOUR HOLY NAME WILL BE MANIFEST THROUGH US. I'M PRAYING THAT YOUR KINGDOM WOULD COME THROUGH US. AND THEN, THE NEXT THING HE SAYS, PRAY YOUR WILL BE DONE. Man, this is, this is throwing away my desires, throwing away my ambitions, throwing away everything I want for me. And it's saying for all of my brothers and sisters, let your kingdom come. Let your, let your holy name be manifest. Let your will, your will be done here in this earth through us, just like it's done in heaven, in your throne room. Let your will be done through us in this earth just like it's done in Heaven. Imagine if every Christian just in America would pray that. You know, there's 85 million people in this country who believe that Jesus Christ is God, believe that He died on the cross to pay for our sins, believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, and believe that the only way you can get to Heaven is by asking Him to be your Lord and Savior and God. 5 million of us about 26% of the population can you imagine if every one of us began to pray every day father father I pray your holy name would be manifest. I pray that your kingdom would come through us. I pray that your will would be done in this earth just like it's done in heaven. Imagine what would happen if we began to pray that powerful prayer that Jesus said we ought to pray every day. Wow, what God would do. You see, the Bible, Jesus said if we pray anything according to his will, it'll be done. And this is according to his will. JESUS SAID IT'S NOT HIS WILL THAT ANY SHOULD PERISH BUT THAT ALL SHOULD COME TO REPENTANCE. JESUS TELLS US WHAT WE'RE TO PRAY AND WE'RE TO PRAY THIS EVERY DAY. FATHER, I PRAY YOUR HOLY NAME WILL BE MANIFEST. I PRAY THAT YOUR KINGDOM WOULD COME. I PRAY YOUR WILL, NOT MY WILL, BUT YOUR WILL WOULD BE DONE HERE IN THIS EARTH JUST LIKE IT'S DONE IN HEAVEN. THEN THE NEXT THING HE SAYS TO PRAY IS HE SAYS GIVE US day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day, each day, our daily bread. Now what's that all about? Do we need to eat a lot? No, that's not what that's talking about. The idea is this. I've just asked that God's name would be holy in our lives. I've just asked that God's, that God's, um, that God's, a kingdom would come through our lives, that God's will would be done in our lives. Well, listen, in order to do those things, I'm going to need some things. Uh, if, I, if I'm a, a, a church planner and I don't have a building, I'm going to need a building. So, so I, if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I need to go out witnessing, I'm going to need some gas for my car. Uh, I, if I'm going to go out uh, and do what God wants me to do, then I'm going to have to have God's provision. If I'm, if I'm thinking not about myself, but his kingdom, his holiness, his will, that's what I'm thinking about, then I can come to him with that in mind and say, Lord, now give me everything that I need to do your will. When we're praying, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, Lord, give us what we need now to do your will. Give us what we need to take care of the needs of others. Give us what we need to manifest your kingdom. Give us what we need. To, to, to accomplish your, to, to manifest your kingdom on this earth and to uh, honor your name on this earth, just like we do, uh, like, like it's done in heaven. That's when we begin to pray for the things that we need. To do the things of God, it's not okay. God, now I can just ask God. I want a pink Cadillac. Uh, I, would like to, I would like to. have this over here. I'd like to have this house over here. I'd like to have a lot of money. I'd like. To, it's no the praying, asking God to give us our daily needs is asking Him to give us everything that we need to do as will. I have a. We have a summer missionary program, like the interns that you have here. Every summer, while I was uh, when when I'm in town. Uh, This happens. This happens all the time. Uh, uh, A summer missionary will come walking into my office, and they'll say, Pastor, can I have your American Express card? Now, these are college-age students. And, uh, and, and, uh, And you know what I do? I reach into my pocket, I pull out my wallet, and I hand the college student my American Express card. You say, are you out of your mind? No, I'm not. I give him my American Express card, and I say, I'll see you in a, little, in a little while. And you know what he's doing? What he'll do? He'll take that American Express card. We have four vans at the church. And he'll go, and he'll drive one van down to the, uh, to the gas station. He'll fill it up, and he'll come back. He'll go down and get another, get another uh, van and fill it up, and, go, and he'll do that four times. Then he'll come back, and he'll hand me my American Express card and those four receipts. You say, why are you so willing to give him the American Express card? Now catch this, because I'm, he's asking me for something to do my will. My will is for those four vans to be filled up with gas so that we can have them available to do the work of the ministry throughout the week. And he's coming in asking me to give him what he needs to do my will. And I willingly say, yes, here's somebody that wants to do what I want him to do. Take the American Express card. You understand? When Jesus says, you go to your father and you let him know that your care about his holy name being manifest, all you care about is his kingdom coming, and that his will would be done through us in this earth, just like it's done in heaven, then you can go to him and say, give me what I need to do what you've called me to do. Give us this day our daily needs. That's what that prayer is all about. Then the next thing he says is so, so important. He says this, he says, pray, forgive us, OUR SINS, AS WE ALSO FORGIVE EVERYONE WHO HAS SINNED AGAINST US. THIS IS REALLY A POWERFUL TRUTH. THIS IS A VERY POWERFUL TRUTH. LOOK, JUDICIALLY WHEN YOU GOT SAVED, ALL OF YOUR SINS WERE FORGIVEN. HERE'S WHAT HAPPENED. WHEN YOU GOT SAVED, GOD THE FATHER TOOK ALL YOUR SINS AND PLACED THEM ON GOD THE SON. Everything you would ever sin in the past, present, and future, everything was laid on Jesus. By the way, these are the things, this is why it's absolutely impossible to lose your salvation. He placed all your sins on Jesus. Every sin was paid for. Every sin. It's all taken care of. So you, judicially, in the presence of God, look perfect, holy. You look like Jesus in the presence of God. You're Perfectly holy and clean. Ephesians tells us we've been, we've been made holy. We've been made clean. We are perfect in the sight of God. However, practically... We live in these bodies, and the Bible tells us that our bodies have not been redeemed yet. In Revelation 8 and verse 23, the Bible tells us that we're waiting for the redemption, the adoption to whip the redemption of our bodies. We're waiting for the rapture. Until then, you and I live in a body that wants to sin. That is why when you say, I'm going on a diet, ice cream appears to be very, very beneficial for you because you have a body that wants to do what your spirit says not to do. You you have a body that is contrary to your soul and your spirit. That's why you have to daily surrender to the Holy Spirit of God and ask him to control you. But, but- that's another message. The point is, uh, you live in a body that wants to do wrong. Now, the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and he scourges every son whom he receiveth. So though judicially in the sight of God, you are perfect and holy, God sees when your body does wrong and he chastens you for doing that which is wrong. So it's essential that we, that we look at ourselves and say, God, I confess to you these sins. Forgiveness is, is, is absolutely essential. We need to say, Lord, forgive me and, and recognize what, we're, what we've done wrong. Forgive me my sins. And then he says this. I think really the whole reason he brings this up is because he says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. Can I tell you what's going to happen to you as a Christian? Someday, sometime in the next week, some Christian's going to do something to offend you. You say, How do you know that? Because, look. And I don't want to shock any of you, but this room is filled with people that sin. Yep, yeah, all, they're all around you. You can look at the person next to you and say, that's you. Uh, you're a sinner. But the person, that's, the person that's sitting next to you, they're sitting next to a sinner too. And so what we do is, uh, sometimes intentionally and sometimes unintentionally, we offend our brothers. Now, the Bible tells us this. Jesus said, pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. In Matthew, he said, listen, because if you don't forgive your brother, your father in heaven won't forgive you. And in Matthew chapter 18, it's an amazing story. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus tells the story. Peter comes to Jesus and says, hey, how often am I supposed to forgive my brother? Uh, seven times, he's being generous. Jesus said, no, 70 times, 70. That's, that's like, uh, like 490 times. And that's not like... 490 times and then punch him in the face. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, You forgive him, and it's perpetual forgiveness. You just perpetually forgive. You perpetually forgive. Why do I have to perpetually forgive? Doug, I've, I've known you, and you've been a blessing to me, and you're a wonderful person. But I mean, if we hung around each other day after day after day after day, after day, something you're going to do is going to offend me. I, couldn't, I can't figure out what it would be, but, but uh, something's going to offend me sometime. And so I have to live in a state of perpetual forgiveness towards those who are closest to me and those that I'm around. I have to have that perpetual forgiveness. Now listen. He say, he, so Jesus said, perpetually forgive, and then he tells the story. He tells the story of a, a, a master, a, a rich man who has a bunch of servants, and, and one servant owes him a whole lot of money, and he says, okay, come here, uh, you owe me a whole lot of money, and you're not going to be able to pay it, so I'm selling you, and I'm selling your kids, and I'm selling your wife. And the guy says, no, no, please, please don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, please forgive me, I'll, I'll pay you. And, and, and the, in, in, the, in a moment of compassion, the master says, oh, low, forget it then, it's all forgiven. Since you've begged for forgiveness, it's forgiven. You don't have to worry about it. That, that master, and you know this story, the, that, that, that servant goes out, and there's another servant that owes him money. And so he goes to that other servant, and he says, hey, you owe me money. And the guy says, oh, please forgive me. I, you know, I, I'll pay you sometime in the future, but I don't have it right now. And the guy says, no. He says, I don't forgive you. You are going to jail. You can give me the money or you're going to jail. And, and, and he won't forgive me. so he has the guy drug off. Well, the other servants are there and they say, this is crazy. He's been forgiven all this stuff and he won't forgive his fellow servant. And they go and they tell the master, <clears throat> the master and fascinating story. The master hears about it and he says, he says, come here. He said, look, here's what I've heard. You won't forgive that guy. After I forgave you everything, you won't forgive that guy. And the guy's like, ah. Oh. so he says. He said, you won't forgive him. Here's the deal. You're not forgiven either. And so he takes, he takes this, listen, he takes this, ma- this, this servant and he, ter- he says he turns him over. This is the word that Jesus uses. Let me read it to you. Uh, in Matthew 18, the Bible says, and, 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 and his Lord was wroth. He's mad. And he delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay what was due him. Now listen to this. Listen to these words. Then Jesus says, so likewise shall your heavenly father do also unto you. Wow. If you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Wow. From the lips of Jesus. He said, if you won't forgive your brother that sins against you, your heavenly Father will turn you over to demonic tormentors until you are willing to forgive your brother. You don't get your prayers answered. You don't get any of that. You're being tormented. I really believe there are Christians that are tormented Because they refuse to forgive. Somebody who legitimately hurt them, legitimately did them wrong, legitimately, they're they're upset with the people they live with, or they they just get upset with every brother or sister, or or they just have a bitter spirit. You can't do that. Get your prayers answered. In fact, Jesus said, and he's a pretty good authority, Jesus said, if you won't forgive, your heavenly Father will turn you over to tormentors there are christians that are being tormented according to the will of their father because they will not forgive somebody who has hurt them in the past wow you say how do i know if i'm in that situation uh, do you have bad feelings do you, do you despise somebody by the way forgiveness isn't isn't i shouldn't use that term forgiveness isn't feelings forgiveness is saying uh that person did wrong I forgive them, Father, I forgive them, and I'm going to treat them right. Every time I see them, whatever happens, I'm going to treat them right because you treat me right, and I'm going to forgive them. If there's somebody bitter that you're bitter towards or somebody that when you think of them, you get angry thoughts, just say, Father, out loud, say, Father, I forgive them. Father, I forgive them. Be like Jesus on the cross. Jesus said this, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Listen, understand, most people don't know what they're doing. You say, well, I know somebody who deliberately hurt me. Well, forgive them too. Just forgive them because you want to have that right relationship with God. So he says, pray. Let your, pray to our Father. You're praying the singular prayers, an individual, but you're praying for the the family of God collectively. Father, I pray for, I pray for our our family. I pray that your holy name would be manifest through us. I pray that your kingdom would come through us. I pray your will would be done through us in this earth, just like it's done in heaven. Give us everything that we need to do your will, to manifest your will, and then forgive us our sins. Father, as we forgive those we do, we forgive those that sin against us. We forgive them. If God brings anybody to your mind, say, I forgive that person. I forgive John. I forgive Betty. I forgive, I, for, I forgive them. Father, I forgive them. It's an act of your will, not a feeling. It's an act of your will. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those that sin against us. And then he said, pray. I love this. He said, pray, lead us not into temptation." The, the, the word temptation there is the word trials. And what he's saying is you can pray, God, lead me not into trials. I don't want to go through trials. Lead me, help me to make wise decisions so I don't suffer trials. You say, you can pray that? Yeah. I have Christian friends that are singers, gospel singers, wonderful people, love them. And... And, but I have a few that sing songs like this, and you've heard these songs. Songs like, Lord, if, if I don't want burdens, but if if burdens and trials and agony will draw me close to you, then God, bring the burdens on, bring them on, just so I'll become more like you. I never sing those songs. You say, why? Because I don't want trials. I don't want pain. Well, don't you learn through trials? Yes, but there's other ways to learn. Can you say amen to that? I don't want pain. I was, I was, uh, uh, when I'm in pain, I'm praying, God, take me home or deliver me from the pain. I don't want pain. Say, somebody said no pain, no gain. I don't, fine. Uh, I just don't want the pain. I don't want to hurt. Uh, I, I got, I got, I got, Kidney stones one time I'm, I get up to go to church and I can't get up, I fall down on the ground and I'm, I'm laying there, oh cry baby i'm I mean i'm in pain i'm in pain, and so <laughs> it's time to go to church. I had to call my son I said. Matt, you're going to have to pre- pray, uh, preach. I, I, can't even, I can't even stand up. I'm in such pain. When, the church, when church services is over, I want you to get past the shore, and I want you to come over here, and I want you to anoint me with oil, and I want you to pray over me. And, and because the Bible says, if there's any sick among you, let them call on the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. You say, I don't believe in that. I do. And so uh, I said, go. I said, as soon as church is over, uh, church is over, and I'm laying in bed, and I'm just curled up like uh, I'm in pain. Oh, oh, oh. And Matthew comes in, and he saw oh, Dad, I'm so sorry, and Pastor Shore, our associate pastor, is there, and, and so they, they got some oil, and they anointed my head with oil, and, and uh, you say, is that how you're supposed to do it? That's the way we do it, and so uh, they anointed my head with oil, and then Matt put his arm on my shoulder, and he said, uh, Father, I pray for Dad. I pray that, that you would help him to endure the pain, and I said, No! DON'T PRAY, I DON'T WANT, HE SAID, YOU CAN'T INTERRUPT MY PRAYER, I SAID, YES I CAN, I DO NOT WANT YOU TO PRAY THAT I WILL ENDURE PAIN, YOU NEED TO PRAY THAT THE PAIN WILL GO AWAY, YOU SAY WHY, BECAUSE I DON'T WANT PAIN, I DON'T WANT TRIALS, EVERY SINGLE DAY I PRAY, LEAD US NOT INTO TRIALS, LEAD US NOT INTO TRIALS, SOMEBODY SAID, YOUR FAMILY SEEMS TO BE BLESSED, I'M TELLING YOU, EVERY SINGLE DAY I PRAY, LEAD US NOT INTO TRIALS, Lead us not into trials. I, cause Jesus said I can. Jesus said I can. And I think specifically what that means is, is, is it's as though there are doors in front of us and choices that we have to make. And we're, and, and if I go through the wrong door, I'm going to go into a trial. And so I can pray, Lord, help me uh, to make the wise decision so I don't enter into the trial door. Lead us not into trials, he said. AND THEN HE SAID LASTLY, HE SAID, PRAY, DELIVER US FROM SATANIC ATTACK. CAN I TELL YOU, SATAN HATES YOUR GUTS. HE HATES EVERY, EVERY CHRISTIAN. YOU KNOW WHY? BECAUSE WHEN GOD CREATED MAN, HE CREATED MAN IN HIS IMAGE AND IN HIS LIKENESS. CAN I TELL YOU WHAT SATAN SAID? BEFORE MAN WAS CREATED, THIS IS WHAT SATAN SAID. HE SAID, I WILL BE LIKE THE MOST HIGH GOD. GOD SAID, NO not for you. It's not for you. He said, Satan, you'll be cast down to hell. Then God turns around and creates man. And he creates you and me in his image and his likeness. And Satan hates it. And when you got, you now he got man to fall and he marred the image of God. But when you got saved, you are now body, soul, and spirit. And you are the image of God. And you represent God wherever you go and whatever you do. That's an amazing thing. And Satan hates you because of that. He is, he is the accuser of the brethren. By the way, when, when, when you have this thought about a brother or sister in Christ, that they're terrible or that whatever, you need to understand that Satan is putting a thought in your mind. He's the accuser of the brethren. He said, <laughs> so, so Satan hates us. So Jesus said, pray, lead us not into trials. Deliver us. From satanic attack. By the way, it says deliver us from evil. The word evil in the Greek is in the masculine, and it means the evil one. So that's talking about Satan. Deliver us from satanic attack. So when I go to the Lord, what am I supposed to pray? I'm supposed to pray, Father, our Father, you're in heaven, we're in earth. Let your kingdom, let your holiness and your holy name be manifest through us. Let your kingdom come through us. Let your will be done through us here in this earth, just like it's done in heaven. Father, give us every single day everything we need to do your will. Forgive us our sins, Father. We forgive those that sin against us. Lead us not into trials. Help us make wise decisions and deliver us from satanic attack. Wow. We can pray. Powerful prayer. You say, well, what if I'm the only one praying that? You know, Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 1 is a fantastic verse. God has determined that Israel is so wicked and so vile. The the nation of Israel has been gone, the, the, the northern kingdom. Now judgment is going to fall on Judah and Jerusalem, the city of God. And 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 God tells Jeremiah, I'm gonna destroy the whole thing. I'm gonna destroy the whole thing. But in Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 1, Jeremiah says that God came to him and said, Jeremiah, look, I want you to run through the entire city of Jerusalem. Go through the entire city. And he said this: look, he said, If you go through the entire city and cry unto them about the righteousness of God, and if you go through the city, now listen to this, if you go through the city and you find one man, one man who will do right, he said, I will spare the entire city for one man. Wow. Compare that to what Jehovah says about the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, the Bible says about man that every imagination, listen to these words, every imagination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. Every, the words there are amazing, every imagination of the thoughts of their hearts were only evil continually. People ask me, do you think that God is going to spare America? Why doesn't God destroy it like he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? I mean, we got all this filthiness. We have homosexuality. We have the LGBTQ movement. We got all this stuff going on. Why doesn't God just destroy America? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. God won't ever have to apologize to America or to Sodom and Gomorrah for not judging America, as somebody said years ago. You say, why? Because look, in Sodom and Gomorrah, God said to Abraham, if I can find just 10 righteous people in Sodom, I'll spare the entire city just for 10 righteous people. In Jerusalem, he said, if there's just one righteous person, I'll spare it. In Jerusalem, I'll spare it even though it's been wicked. In the days of Noah, not one man could be found that didn't have the imaginations of his heart only evil continually. There wasn't one person on the planet. I believe that we have the equivalent of the ten. I believe that America can be spared if God's people start doing what God's people are supposed to do. And Jesus told us what to do. Jesus said, this is what you do. How do we pray, Jesus? Teach us to pray. He said this. He said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, you're our Father. We're your children. We're your children. These are my brothers and sisters. Our Father, who art in heaven, let your holy name be manifest through us. I'm just one person start praying this. Two, three, 10, 12, 25 million in America the 1,000 the, the people that are here at Liberty Baptist Church. Father, let your holy name be manifest through us. Let your kingdom come through us. Let your will be done through us in this earth, just like it's done in heaven. Give us everything we need. We're here to do your will. Forgive us our sins, Father. Father, we're, we're forgiving those who sin against us. Lead us not into trials, deliver us from satanic attack. In Matthew, Jesus said, let your kingdom and your power and your glory be known through us. Let that happen. Bring glory to yourself through us. Wow, if we would begin to pray that way, We would see the power of God fall. And I believe we're seeing the power of God fall. I believe there's hope for our country. I believe there's hope for California, for Nevada, for the states across this. I believe there's hope because God's people are praying. Now, I want you to see this. How will this affect the world? If we begin to pray this way, how will it affect the world? Look what he says. Go down to to verse Verse. 5, after he tells us what to pray, he says this, "'He said unto them, "'Which of you shall have a friend, "'and shall go to him at midnight, "'and say unto him, "'Friend, lend me three loaves, "'for a friend of mine in his journey "'has come to me, "'and I have nothing to set before him. "'And he from within shall answer and say, "'Trouble me not, for the door is now shut.'" And my children are with me in bed, I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because of he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. What's that all about? He says, look, here you are. You're this guy in the middle. You have a friend that comes to you at midnight. And that friend is the world. You have a friend that needs help. You have a friend that is sick. You have a friend that is dying. You have a friend who's lost. You have a friend that is, is, is terribly messed up. And they're all around us in Newport Beach. They're all around. They have needs. They don't even know their needs. They are, they are in need. They're going to hell. They're lost. There's no hope. They are, they're, they're, they're heading to an eternity and they're walking without God. They're separated from God. And you look out and you say, wow, the world's gone crazy. They don't know if they're men or women. They don't even know what a man or a woman is. They don't know. They don't know that only women have babies. They don't know. They're, it's gone nuts. God, they're, they're absolutely crazy. But I don't have anything to do. There's nothing, I can't do anything to help them. You have this friend that comes to you and he says, I need bread. But you don't have any bread. You have nothing to give them. Your cupboards are bare. But you have a friend that lives right next door to you. He owns a bread factory. You can go to him and you can say, I need bread. And the illustration here is that you go to him at midnight. You're this guy in the middle. You got a friend that's coming and he's starving and you go to your next door neighbor and you say, oh, this guy's got bread, but it's midnight. All the kids are asleep. And you know what that's like. When you finally get the kids asleep, when you finally, everything's calmed down and you're finally, everybody's asleep and nobody's asking you for anything and you're about to put your head on the pillow and then... And, and, and you know what well, it's like? The whole house goes, oh, finally, it's time to rest. And then somebody comes to the door and starts knocking. And you say, wait, don't do that. Don't do, my kids are asleep. Don't wake them up. And the door just keeps knocking. And, and you say, stop, stop, doc. Don't knock on the door. Don't knock on the door. But it keeps knocking. And he says, you don't understand. I have a friend and he's hungry. He's starving. He has needs. And the guy says, I don't care. The kids are asleep. Be quiet, be quiet. And then these kids start moving and they start mo- mo- they're moaning and, gro- and they start fighting with each other. And he says, oh man, you woke them all up. And, 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 and he just keeps knocking. He says, my friend needs, my friend needs help. And he says, okay, here, here's the keys to the bread cabinet. Here's everything you want. Just leave us alone. He said he doesn't care about his friend. But just because he keeps begging and he keeps begging, he says he gives them. Jesus is saying here, look, you have a world that's in need and you can't do anything about it. It is absolutely absurd what our world is promoting. Two plus two is five. The sky is green, not blue. It's all warped. This whole woke stupidity is just stupid. And you think, what do we do? What can we do about it? You can't do anything. But you know the baker. You know the one that can. And you can look out there at their needs and you can say, For Our Father who art in heaven, let your holy name be manifest to them. Let your kingdom come through us to them. Let your will be done through us so they can see you in us. Give us everything we need to feed them. They need bread. Give us the bread. Give us the wisdom. Give us the power. Give us the might. Give us your, the infusion of your Holy Spirit to reach, through, to reach through us to them. Give us everything we need to do your will. Forgive us, Father, but we don't forgive others, and we do forgive others. Forgive us as we're forgiving everybody else, and lead us not into trials so that we're hindered. We don't want to be hindered from doing this work of taking care of these needs. Lead us not into trials, deliver us from satanic attack. God, let your kingdom and power and glory be seen through us. When you begin to pray that way, then that person that's next to you that needs your help is going to see Jesus in you. And you're going to be able to be that manifestation of the kingdom and his glory and his honor and his holiness is going to be manifest through you. See, that's that's what we're to pray for. The the world needs bread. The world comes to you for bread. You have nothing, but your Father has everything you need to help Him, and you're asking Him for that bread. Now look at His final words. He says in verse 9, I say unto you, ask. I don't have time to go into all of the aspects of this, but I want you to understand that word ask means to keep on asking. He he said, I say unto you, ask, that is, keep on asking, and it shall be given you. Like the guy at the door. Please, please, my friend, my friend needs help, my friend needs help, my friend needs help. Keep on asking, and it shall be given you. Keep on seeking, and you shall find. Keep on knocking, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that keeps on asking receiveth, and he that keeps on seeking findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened unto you. If any man shall ask bread, keeps on asking for bread, of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? The answer is no. Or if you ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? No. Or if you ask an egg, will he after give him a scorpion? No. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to work through you? to them that keep on asking. You say, when do I stop asking? Here's when you stop asking, when you get what you're asking for. The other day, I think it was Monday or Tuesday of this past week, I, s- I got down before the Lord and I said, Lord, I'm so concerned about our country. I'm so concerned about what's going on and what's going on in Israel. I'm no prophetic genius. I, I, I'm so concerned about what's going on in our country. The, the White House is so messed up, and, and, and there's not a whole lot of great options out there. God, the Senate is all messed up, and now this Republican Congress can't get their act together. They're all messed up. They're fighting with each other. They're fighting and fighting, and three weeks have gone by, and and there's no speaker. God, do something miraculous. Do something. Do something. God, show yourself strong. Do something. God, it would be a miracle if you would just put one of your kids in somehow. I know this is absolutely impossible, but could you put one of your kids in charge of the House of Representatives? say, how come this guy that nobody knows about became the Speaker of the House of Representatives? Here's why. I prayed for it. I woke up the next day, and I looked at the newspaper, and they said, this guy got unanimous approval. That's exactly what I asked God for. I said, God, do something. These people can't get their act together. They're fighting each other. That's so dumb when there's such enemies all around us. God, get them somebody to get their act together, and let them be unified, and let them unanimously put somebody. And they did. And somebody said, "Well, that's that's because of Donald Trump." No, that's because of God. God put one of your brothers in charge of the House of Representatives. That's a miracle. He said, "Do you really think you really think it's cuz you prayed?" Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I believe that I, I don't think I'm the only one that prayed. But I believe God would hear just one man who prays. We need to be men and women of prayer. The world is in a mess, and here's why it's in a mess. Because Christians aren't praying. It's because you and I aren't praying the way God wants us to pray. And we need to make, take this stuff seriously and say, okay, God, every day I'm going to thank you and praise you and confess my sin to you and worship you. I'm going to find a place where I'm going to call on you. And it doesn't have to be long. Jesus said people think the Pharisees think they're going to be hearing, heard because heard of their much speaking. You don't have to spend hours praying. You just need to say, God, I've, there's some things that I'm really concerned about. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to thank you and praise you and confess my sin to you, and I'm going to love you. And, and I'm going to ask you to, to control my mouth and help me to be what I'm supposed to be. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Then I'm praying that through my life and through the lives of my brothers and sisters, let your holy name be manifest. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done through us in this earth, just like it's done in heaven. Give us every day everything that we need to do your will. As, as your family, God, as your, as, as your sons and daughters, my Brothers and sisters, your brothers and sisters, Lord Jesus. Father, on this earth, let your will be done in this earth just like it's done in heaven. Give us every day we, what we need to do your will. Forgive us, Father, our sins. We're, we're willing to forgive everyone that sins against us. Lead us not into trials. Deliver us from satanic attack. Let your kingdom and power and glory be known through us that we can reach these people. God, do this, do this, and keep asking, 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 and, keep asking, and we can see victory